リンクスタート先輩先輩キツライダイオディズリスコミラビンオンハダイシステイウェットホーシャディソコワイエウェダイフォーハーライデンワチンタイオーデンタイウェッAnd welcome into another riveting edition of the Anime Senpai Podcast. <laughs> Calm yourself, fans across the world, because not only is this the greatest time of the day, not only do I make sure to rile you guys up, to get you excited, to kick the ass of every single Monday, to carry you gallivanting into the week ahead, but to get together, to stop and breathe, and to talk the greatness of the world of anime. Together. It's an honor and privilege to have all of you here with me tonight. There is so much to get to. My achy, breaky heart is still hurting and in shambles after what we all saw last week. And I have to say this now. Anybody who has reached out to me via DM, who has commented on previous posts on TikTok or wherever it may be, and says, Senpai, how come you haven't said anything about Attack on Titan? How come the only way I've heard any of your thoughts about the finale of Attack on Titan has only been on your podcast? What happened? Where are you? Are you okay? Not only am I doing supreme, but I needed time to digest the completion of an over decade franchise. Attack on Titan, it is despicable and honestly disgraceful to see that there were so many content creators within this platform of TikTok and every other entertainment site that were berating and instantly responding to every single notion of the finale and the entirety of the series two hours after it released. Do you guys understand you're not supposed to jump before you can even find your balance? We just witnessed one of the hardest to digest anime endings in all of time. It was an anime ending that broke countless amount of people. The only videos I enjoyed watching were the instant reactions of people literally bawling their eyes out because of what they just witnessed. How can you legitimately give anybody a rational breakdown or a true definition of description of what was just witnessed without even letting it digest? Dog, I would challenge any of you to eat a five course meal and work out right after. It's impossible. You have to let the food digest. You have to take your time to truly let it do its work. I told myself as soon as Attack on Titan ended, I was not going to touch anything from that until a week passed. Because number one, I wanted to be respectful. I wanted to make sure that the thousands and thousands of people across this great world, if not tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions, it was tough to get into Crunchyroll to watch that last episode. It was also tough for people who are working 75 jobs just to get bread on the table right now to find the time to watch that so a lot of people escape through social media. What kind of douchebaggery would I have done if I was just berating people with the ending and spoiling it and all this stuff without letting people digest or to watch? Watch it for themselves. You know what I'm saying? So shame on everybody who did that. We needed time to digest exactly what happened because any great show that truly deserves its spotlight deserves to have itself to tell the story, not everybody else. So you can expect, not only here tonight, a true, complete breakdown of the finale of Attack on Titan, but I'm going to make a statement here right now that I think a lot of people are going to agree with. Aaron Yeager is the greatest written anime character we've seen to date. 
I'm talking about better than Guts. I'm talking about better than so many other characters I have watched myself. Aaron Yeager, and I have a list. I literally have a list of over 27 bullet points that is just bullet point expressions of what Aaron Yeager had to go through. And that's not even everything. It's insane to think that so many people out there literally want to poo-poo on Attack on Titan. And I've had people say it to my face. Oh, yeah. The ending was all right. I'm sorry. You said Attack on Titan's ending was all right? Yeah, you know, I felt like there was too much plot armor. Plot armor? Do you understand what plot armor means? The main character died! What do you mean plot armor? We have so much to talk to tonight. <laughs> we have so much to get into. It honestly hurts my soul to know that the ending and the message, the literal purpose that Hajime Isayama was meaning behind the story went whoop over everybody's head. <sighs> I'm going to take a stand for him tonight. So welcome in again. <laughs> There's so little time and so much to do. I'm glad every single one of you are here tonight. So shout outs to Elijah Vaatete. He is an upcoming tattoo artist who is in Irvine of California, who is currently doing the entire outside of my anime sleeve right now, which is, if you're on TikTok, I'll stand up and show you. Violet Evergarden into Darling in the Franks. Insane. Uh, yes, tattoos hurt. Uh, yes, it's taking a long time. And also, ugh, it just be ready for what you get into, okay? So shout out to Elijah again. I hopefully only have one more session left to get this totally kind of completed, but I had to shout the kid out. I'm such a fan of anime tattoos. If you guys are ever thinking about getting a tattoo in your life, go do it. Just, just let it kind of ferment itself. See if you truly want to do it and go get a tattoo. There is no better time in the world to be an anime fan than right now. And if you don't agree with me in saying that, you're crazy. I have been into anime over 20-something years and it has never been better. Go watch everything that happened at recent anime conventions. Do you guys know how crazy the LA Anime Con was out here? It was so packed, it was a literal fire hazard. It's insane. Anime's blowing up. It's a great time to do it. So go get a tattoo. <laughs> Look at my boy, Elijah Vaatete. Really cool guy. So now, we have to start with the anime news of the week. I've never been on live television before. Had your kids, had your wife, and had your husband. Don't watch the news. Ain't nobody got time for that. Great story. Compelling and rich. Because I'm a kid, and apparently every time Grandpa just gives me the remote after we watch the Powerball. So ladies and gentlemen, within the world of anime, there have been an abundant amount of things that have been happening. And so as we look within the world and everything that's been going on, my focal point of interest and everything I want to do for every single one of you guys in here is to make sure we look at some of the most important news within the world. And that could be a broad spectrum of not only anime, but it could be things that are entailed to anime, video gaming, and etc. So the first news article we have to talk about tonight is some Something that I'm very biased about. If you're watching the live stream, because we do the live show every single Sunday, you can see on my wall and everything as well. Godzilla, Godzilla, minus one, opens at number one in the box offices. Now, I was somebody who proclaimed this. I was somebody who is such a Godzilla nerd. I was so ecstatic for this because this captures the essence of Godzilla in his purest destructive mode possible. 
Most people don't know this, but Godzilla was created right after World War II because Japan was in an economic crisis and needed something to boost itself from an entertainment standpoint within the world. So they created a radioactive lizard that blew up because of nuclear waste and started this entire franchise. I know here in the States, we have been enjoying the MonsterVerse, which has been Godzilla vs. Kong, Kong himself. We had like uh, King Ghidorah. We had all of these really cool fights, but the true essence of Godzilla is going to be in this one. Shoutouts to Toho Films for this one. And it says, and I quote, with the new film release, it ranked number one in its opening weekend. With a total of almost 700,000 tickets sold within the first three days, that's about $7 million. And this film has sold 15% more tickets and earned 23 more percent of income in the first three days than any other Godzilla Live franchise of all time. This is insane. Again, this is continuing the growth of animation. This is continuing the growth of the nerdum and fandom within all of us. Forget Marvelverse, they're falling off a bridge right now. I'm tired of superheroes. I want more creativity. I want more goodness and wholeness within a series and a franchise that is captivating its marketplace. Godzilla is that. Godzilla is Himothy. December 1st, everybody, we're gonna watch it together. Be prepared. I'm extremely excited. It's going to be such a great time. And now the next article, and this is something that I personally really wanted to touch on because it's very relevant within today's show. And I'm sure some of you guys have seen this within the social media sphere itself. The final recording of the Attack on Titan voice actors they break down in tears after delivering their parting words. And I'm sure you guys have seen it. The clip I'm going to show us and we're going to watch right now was Mikasa recording her final lines. You know, right out the gate, I know instantly I know what she's thinking right off the gate. Shit, there goes that nice check I've been getting for over 10 years. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But the thing that is really impressive to me, and I don't know if you guys ever watch a lot of the Japanese recording market, voice actor work, or anything within entertainment, they are extremely respectful. I'm talking about so respectful. You can see the respect and demeanor every single person has in that room. Not only for their craft, but the entirety of the production experience they are within. Mikasa's voice actor literally became the character. That is what creates a great voice actor. It is why I've said to this day, and I will continue to praise this till my dying day, Japanese voice actors, the sub marketplace is years above the English dub marketplace. And it's not a competition. We can all have our preferences. I personally prefer watching animes in dub. Would you like to know why? I'm somebody who personally likes to get a lot of things done at once. So while I'm editing content, preparing for a podcast, catching up on different type of things, I have on a side computer next to me, the screen, an anime show to keep up to date with the simulcast, whatever it may be. And if it's not in dub, it's hard for me to do everything at once. And I have to focus. The true marketplace, though, and I understand it's acting. Nobody in the Japanese culture is walking around going, Arigato! Gozaimasu! I know it's not a real thing. But the fact is they're becoming a character and they're also heightening their voices to extrovert the actual persona of the mood that they're within. They're captivating it, right? A lot of voice actors on the English side, and I've said this before, it's like Mark Wahlberg. 
the vo the actor. Do you know how many roles Mark Wahlberg has played as Mark Wahlberg? Dwayne Johnson, The Rock. Do you know how many times he plays a movie role and he's just The Rock? It happens all the time in our culture. There's just something that's disconnected here that isn't connected in the Japanese marketplace. And it isn't a knock to them. It isn't a knock to us. It's just a different type of vibe. I love the sub actors. I love everything they do. And the fact she was crying because she lost a nice paycheck, but she is finally ending her character. She said goodbye to Aaron yet. Like, dude. It's unbelievable. I had to watch this with you guys because to me, again, watching the amount of passion that not only the director had for this show, but the voice actors themselves, it shows you how iconic this is. I hope all of us really remember this. In four years from now, we're all going to look back and be like, Fuck, we were there for the end of Attack on Titan. Holy shit. Do you know how cool it is to say that? We're going to say that in 55 years when Oda is finally done with One Piece. You know, like it's, we have to embrace these. This moment is unbelievable. And the emotional attachment she had to her character, sensational. I had to shout that out. And it was unbelievable watching that. And anybody listening to the podcast prior to the live recording, apologies, you didn't see what we saw. <laughs> now, some really big news on upcoming announcements because as we were all talking about with the instant success for the One Piece live adaptation, there are going to be tons, if not hundreds of new adaptations coming out and remakes of some of our all-time favorite shows. The floodgates are open. One Piece, Luffy, Gum Gum Punch, the thrill of Through That Rating, and now we're going to have a swarm of new shows. Netflix releases the first teaser for the trailer of the live action Yu Yu Hakusho. Now, let me say this. If you have never been graced with watching Yu Yu Hakusho, shout out to my buddy Tim. He would like to art. He would like to argue it's one of the greatest love stories ever told. Tim, calm yourself. The fact is, I'm somebody who does agree. I think the ending of Yu Yu Hakusho was kind of rushed, but I'm so excited to see finally some of the greatest old iconic shows of our time coming back for the new generation of fans to see. And also, we can all admit this, for real, for real, no cap on God, it's very hard to get a lot of Gen Zers, Alphas, Betas, Omegas, whatever we're in right now, to really full send on a lot of these older shows because the consistency is slower, the playout is a little bit slower. Just like the for the best example I can give all of you is Trigun and Trigun Stampede. Not only is it more CGI oriented with the new one, it's a darker take, and the story is completely positioned itself differently from the original because the original is a lot slower played out. They have to change things, right? I'm excited. I have a little theory here, and I do believe this to be true. And mark my words, you can save this, come back to this at any time. I truly believe after One Piece, live adaptation success, it's already going into second season. I have a prediction this Yu Yu Hakusho is going to slap. I have a feeling this is going to be on par, if not just as good as the One Piece live adaptation. Mark my words. Remember I said it here. We are going to finally have some banger ass live adaptations. I mean it when I say this. It's going to be better. No more Avatar The Last Airbender, okay? No more M. Night Shyamalama Ding Dong on any of that. We're not going to have any more Death Note things like it's going to be a whole new world. And I would like to watch with you guys the trailer right now. Ladies and gentlemen, there is a reason why live adaptations have not worked until now. Do you know what that is? 
Nobody besides Netflix and Jesus Christ had the ability and Bezos right now to sink millions upon millions of dollars on the CGI adequate notion of terminology of fitness and focus to have the adequate terminology transfer of an anime to a live adaptation side. You need to capture that perfectly. And the fact of the matter is, just like we saw in this trailer for Yu Yu Hakusho, it's going to be unbelievable. The graphics are going to be supreme. It's going to look fluid. It's going to be detailed. The actors are going to be nothing but prevalent in capturing the essence of every character. This is going to be a banger. Mark my words. December 24th. Put it on your schedule. Yu Yu Hakusho is back, baby. I cannot wait. They captured it beautifully. Did we just see his... his oh, hold on. Look at this. Y'all tripping. You are tripping if you don't think this is going to be epic. I cannot freaking wait. This is going to be insane. I, I've said it before. You know, we've all been pissed off that Netflix is literally cracking down on us, sharing our, our freaking Netflix account with our best friends or wherever we're at now. Like, at the studios where I work, we can't even use my Netflix there anymore because like, well, your household has not been verified for this location. Would you like to change it? No, I didn't want to. I just wanted to watch it while I'm at work. I know we were kind of mad at Netflix and a lot of people were using their ex-boyfriends or girlfriends' Netflix accounts for free and were kind of enjoying watching what they were watching too, but I know they kind of hurt us with that, but if it means I have to subscribe twice to watch it at work and here for more good content like this, I might cough up 15 bucks. I'm just saying. I'm super yoked about that. And we're not done. I have another announcement we have to talk about. Netflix also has teased the upcoming Terminator anime with production IG. We have said this and we will continue to say this here on the show. Everything that you could ever imagine as being some of the greatest cinematography, movies, entertainment, television shows, whatever it may be, is going to come back. If not as a movie, as an anime moving forward. Do you know why I say that? I can parlay it with John Wick as well. John Wick's director teases as the future for a TV and anime series in development. You have to understand, it's now. I kept saying we're almost at the marketplace with anime where it's going to take over. Congratulations, ladies and gentlemen, we're there. Anime has become the next place to be. Two years from now, I can already tell you there is going to be a plethora of anime movies constantly in theaters for us to watch. Be prepared. We're here. I'm so yoked. Now, I'll say this too, because Terminator is a really good concept of a series, and I also heard about some conspiracy theories about how they said the Terminator and the Matrix are actually one in each other, and they're connected with it. It's really cool if you look into that whole theory. But the thing with John Wick is, and I've said this before, not only does John Wick have more death count on his label and his belt than actual words, he's like, you kicked my dog. I need a gun. I'm going into anime. I've never lost a fight. I'm retired. I'm trying to find the will to live. Attack on Titan is greatness. <laughs> I think the demeanor is going to be dope because we've said it before too. Anime is a great world for a lot of people to shut off their brain, come home, watch some of the best shonens or seinens of all time, and get consumed by the story. You can't tell me that it wouldn't be badass to sit down and watch a season of John Wick. Animated in who knows what kind of context. I think it's going to be great. I'm excited for it. So both Netflix has announced a Terminator 1 in the makes and also John Wick's director said expect an anime to come out. Very excited. The anime future is bright. 
There's so many good things coming. I'm very excited and we had to touch on a few of these because I know when I say this, there's so much good to still come. And that is the anime news. So now, ladies and gentlemen, now that we have brought you into the show, I have told you about the hot takery we're about to get into with the Attack on Titan show tonight. And I have told you about some great upcoming shows to put on your watch list, especially Yu Yu Hakusho coming in December 24th. It is now time to get to the anime of the week. Y'all want something new to watch. Already seen Boku no people. No trip. Anime Senpai has the show of the week coming in hot. So sit back, crack a brewski, and get the popcorn ready because it's time for the anime of the week. gentlemen if you're new here and this is your first time into the show recording what we like to do is every single week i am going to go through a plethora of different streaming platforms and i'm going to bring to your guys's attention and gals these different type of shows where i think you should put it on your watch list and the reason why is that i think a lot of us get consumed about the big shows that are always prevalent and in front of our focus the big three uh whether it be like the hottest new shows coming out continuations etc sometimes some shows that are not well known get pushed to the back burner and i think that's unfortunate and i would also like to put them to your attention and watch the first episode with all of you because then we can all decide as a unit to either watch it or not so I would like to take you all to Netflix this week. And on Netflix, there are a plethora of good shows. I mean, do you guys really understand that Records of Ragnarok is a show? I know a lot of people have never heard of Records of Ragnarok. One of my all-time favorite characters within the entire industry of the, the Chin Dynasty is Lubu. And Lubu is actually a character in Dynasty Warriors, a video game which I absolutely love, and is one of the first main characters in Records of Ragnarok. That's not the show tonight, but I'm just using an example of showing you Netflix has some sleeper of shows. Just like Amazon, has anybody heard of Made in Abyss? I'm pretty sure a lot of people have been sleeping on Made in Abyss. Made in Abyss is one of those shows where if you are not privy to knowing about it, if you just look at the anime detail and character design of the graphical concept, it doesn't look like a good show, unless you give it the time of day. So today, ladies and gentlemen, I would like to bring to you a show that captivated me when it came out, a show I've never even heard of until I watched it, and also has a second season out that goes even to more depth about the show itself. The show is called Be the Beginning, and it's a Netflix exclusive. Let's watch it together, and I'll give you my thoughts after. Someday I'll be gone we belong And God has never played his role Cause I'm the one who saves my soul It's a perfect world we're longing for So long Damn Okay Be the beginning Now this series is one of the most interesting series I have watched from a standpoint of it's so convoluted in the beginning. There's so many side stories and people that are interjected into it. You really don't know what's going on. And there's a total of two seasons right now. The first one's 12. The second one is six. Now, within this show, Be the Beginning, 
It's quite interesting. The show is based on ties to gods themselves, and you have to really watch it to understand more of it, but the end of the first season basically describes to you and explains what that main character is, the one that goes completely black, who has the sword come out of his arm and has the ability to sprout angel wings, right? And he has that one eye that basically can see through a lot. The story's revolved around that main detective guy we saw who has that kind of scruffy look, the hair with his beard, and he's trying to find the killer of somebody close to him who died. So his entire life now is searching for this killer, and he is a world-renowned, in a sense, almost like L from Death Note, an investigator. The guy's intellectual as hell, and in doing so, he's trying to find this killer, and he thinks the killer to be Killer B, which that main character is that we saw that can transform. But that entire side story, side characters we just saw as well, which are the true antagonist of this show, they are somebody connected to something even more lucrative and evil. The entire story goes so deep and it dives into this really complex uh, module view of talking about scientists, genetics, and modifying human beings to become a god. That's all I'm going to say without spoiling anything else, but I highly, highly recommend you watch the show because, again, the show gets really interesting towards the end of those 12 episodes, and the second season is still good. It's just hard to follow off the tipping point that was the buildup from that first season, and I really mean this when I say this. These are one of those shows that I personally believe you only need to watch one season, Tokyo Ghoul. Uh, what is it? Uh, Seven Deadly Sins, uh, Psychopaths. There's so many good shows out there that the first season is really all you need to watch and you've understood the entirety of the assignment. That show is really well done. Definitely give it a watch. I wanted to portray it to you guys and show it to you because I think it's one of those shows that gets tucked away in Netflix's exclusive marketplace and it's such a fun time. The show again was called Be the Beginning and it was a Netflix exclusive and I'm glad we got to watch it tonight. Now, we have finished talking about the anime of the week. We have went through all of the news segments and articles we talked about. Godzilla Minus One is doing great. Attack on Titan, we saw Mikasa's breakdown after her last voice recording. We saw the live action trailer for Yu Yu Hakusho. We talked about more shows coming out. Terminator, John Wick, I need a gun. It's time to talk about Attack on Titan and to talk about this simple question. Is Attack on Titan the greatest anime made to date. Now that's a tough question to answer, but I have a theory that we can go through so many things within tonight's discussion, we can all come together to come to a decision together, but we also need to truly and furtherly break down not only the finale, but the entire series of Attack on Titan and talk about exactly what it was trying to tell all of us. Now, a lot of people were confused at the finale. If you were somebody who has never read the ending, if you're somebody who is very new to Attack on Titan or somebody who is newer to anime or was purist like myself and never wanted to spoil the ending you wanted to keep it completely pure to yourself and watch it kind of unfold on the anime side Hajime Isa uh, Isama Isayama had a goal and a direction in mind most people don't know this but the succession of Attack on Titan was not expected when Isayama created Attack on Titan his actual vision for the show itself was to end around season two to three when Aaron Yeager Mikasa and Armin all end up on that beach scene and they see the entirety of a new world right well this ending that he first was predicting to put into place because he didn't expect the show to pop off like it did he was expecting 
expecting it to get to this place, to see the Marlins, to see the world outside, and to have it come to a very dark ending, which nobody would have liked. And I'm talking about one of the most grotesque and dark endings that an anime would have ever had, if it wasn't for the fame it got. If you guys have ever heard of this movie called The Mist, it's a live movie, and it's based on this thing that the government is conducting all of these tests and experiences, and in doing these, they open up this dimensional rift, right? It's an older movie, but it's really well worth the watch. Within this movie, what happens is this mist starts to come through this dimensional gate, and it floods the entirety of our world, and these crazy, like, huge, like, ginormous monsters and aliens come through and basically ravage and kill almost all of humanity. The story mostly takes place within this supermarket where they're trapped within and they're trying to survive and a few of them try to escape which is the main characters in a car and try to find their way to live. Uh, let's use that reference into Attack on Titan. Just like Attack on Titan with Armin Mikasa and Eren all stuck within Wall Mary everything outside are Titans trying to kill them. So the same thing that ends within the show of The Mist where, spoiler alert if you haven't seen the movie, when the main guy, his son, and a lady and two elder couples all get in a car and drive into the mist, his hope is that he will go as far as he can in the mist to eventually outrun it so they can survive. Unfortunately, in that sh uh, movie, they get to, uh, they run out of gas, and in doing so, they're stuck in the mist, and he has one gun left with only four bullets in it, and so they start unaliving one another, and he's the last one left in the car, and as soon as he steps out of the car to admit his fate, this mist starts to roll by him and all of the soldiers are in tanks and everything and they're fighting the mist off and just basically ending all of it, right? Well, the original ending that Isayama talked about that he was going to do was that Aaron, Armin, and Mikasa get to the beach, see the world outside, all of the Titans come from Marley, they surround all of them, and they start unoffing themselves one at a time, and it ends the show. That would have been absolutely insane if that's what happened. Just to say, if it wasn't for the success Attack on Titan got, we would have had one of the darkest and grimmest endings in anime we would have ever saw. So, to my thankfulness, I'm glad we let the show cook and gave it some due justice so it could grow itself to a bigger brand. Now, since the show got better, and Isayama saw its fame that it was getting, he made it very specific in a news article that he did with New York Times. So they asked him, before the ending came out, do you see yourself making it a happy ending? And Isayama himself said within the interview, I do not see a Disney ending happening because the entirety of Attack on Titan is supposed to be a portrayal of the world we live in today. And within human beings' hearts, within the reality of the world we live in, if it's not for religion, if it's not for cultures, if it's not for country, if it's not for patriotism, if it's not for any of these things, humanity always finds a way to fight one another. It's the history repeat cycle. And so he really wanted to portray that within his work in the ending we saw together. Now, let's move that forward, right? Within the ending of Attack on Titan, the one word that always comes to mind when we break it down is wow. That was unbelievable when we watched everything that played out within the final episode of Attack on Titan. And I had to wake and I had to wait personally an entire week to digest everything to truly talk about the entire franchise and what we saw. So I personally had this statement a week ago when we watched it here live together. It's not the ending we wanted, but it's the ending we deserved. 
And that's a true statement through a plethora of reasons. So not only did we escape a very grimace ending if the show didn't blow up, not only did we have to see one of probably, if not the greatest written character of all time, Aaron Yeager commits something that no mortal person would ever be able to do, we got to see the entirety conclusion come to our face and the grimace end credit scenes that shows you everything that happened even though Aaron Yeager offed 80% of the population was only to guarantee his friends long life and longevity. That's insane to me. The fact of the matter is, and so many people don't talk about this enough, the manga ending was not going to end any other way. How is it so hard for people to accept and to truly digest the visuals that we were given? Like, what else did you guys want? Isayama himself, as I just explained, said there is no possible way he could have ended this show as a Disney ending. Sure, it would have been great to send Mikasa and Eren to some far-off island to live in a cabin, which they gave us a taste of in this final episode. But that wouldn't have fed our soul. That wouldn't have hit us the way we needed to be slapped in the face. It wouldn't have given us the V8 we truly deserved as anime fans, and especially as humankind right now in today's society. The fact of the matter is, Isayama did something I truly give him props for. And it's the same thing that the director of Neon Genesis did, and it's the same thing that a lot of other shows in the future are going to do as well. They use their show, the fandom they've built, to shine a mirror and reflect on society and especially the world we live upon today. Do you guys know what happens in the end of Neon Genesis? I won't spoil anything if you haven't, but all I'm going to say is the entire story has nothing to do with the ending. The mechs, the angels, the battles, Nothing. It's all about Shinji and understanding why he is here. The same thing happens with Attack on Titan. I literally mean this when I say this. Aaron Yeager is the only character in history that has went through more pain, suffering, distraught, disturbed, distortion, depression. This Whatever double D sentence you can think of in terminology, Aaron Yeager has went through all of them. Aaron Yeager literally had to kill his own mother to save his best friend. Aaron Yeager had to kill his father and eat his father so he could instill the Titan power in himself. Aaron Yeager had to manipulate everything through the world travel tree and Ymir and everything that went, literally, there is so many things that Aaron Yeager did, there was no other way that this ending could have gone. And I was standing here in front of everybody saying the same effing thing. Yeager is till I die. Do you know how hard it was to stand here and say that when I saw tens of thousands of people shoving each other off a cliff into the ocean to their death because the rumbling was trying was going to stomp on everybody? And seeing that iconic scene of the baby wrapped in that red, <laughs> that red scarf that seems to be iconic in this show, and everybody passing it along as they're falling to their death. As I'm sitting here still watching and saying... What the f-, f is going on? How can I support any of this? It hurts to watch it, but what other choice did we have? The ending to Attack on Titan, again, sucked to watch, but it's what we deserved. You can't tell me that anything else would have been formidable or suitable to end that franchise. There was no other outcome. That was the perfect outcome. I even said that I hoped that there would have been an anime-only ending just to spice it up for everybody. But to be honest with you now, I'm glad I was wrong. I'm glad. Because now that I finally have seen the ending to Attack on Titan, I would have been pissed off to know I would have been robbed of that ending. 
Why are you upset with the ending if you are somebody? Why are you somebody sitting here saying that you have so much disdain in your heart for a man, Isayama, who created arguably one of the greatest art pieces we've ever got to watch together? The fact of the matter is it's showing you the demonstrative belief and the true egotistical nature of human beings and its inconsistency and insoluble value to ever just get along. Do you guys remember somebody by the name of John Lennon who wrote a song called Imagine? No countries, no borders, no possessions, no religion. What is there left to fight for? The entire world needed an enemy, and they always do. So they pivoted all on Paradise Island and said the Titan powers are the reason everything is happening. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you not see what happened to Ymir? Did we not see what happened 2,000 years ago that led to everything unfolding through Aaron Yeager? Did we not see humanity to then? It's unbelievable. Like, I, I still can't understand the fathom in people's logistical standpoint. And I'm even trying to let people cook and to tell me truly why the Attack on Titan ending is not good outside of your personal want. Truly digest that statement. Attack on Titan's ending was the perfect way to close out the franchise. We literally saw the rumbling commence. 80% of humanity stomped on. And then we got to see the final conversation that Armin forgot that he had with Aaron about everything and breaking down everything that was happening. His undying love for his friends. The passion that he felt for Mikasa him crying and breaking down like we saw Light Yagami have when he came to the end too, when Nero and everybody else caught him as well. He broke down and said, I don't want Mikasa to love again. I don't want Mikasa to love anybody. I don't want her. I want her to, I want her to just miss me and rile for me for 10 years. That love is undevoted. Aaron Yeager hadn't picked up his head one single time since the rumbling started. And what was the last thing he saw? Mikasa. And you know, when your head gets, you can keep up to 40% consciousness while you're there. And guess how it ended? God, man. Do you know the greatest love in your life you will probably never meet? Star-crossed lovers? Mikasa and Aaron grew up together. Mikasa and Aaron were there with each other throughout all of it, but could never be together. That's heartbreaking. To know the final time he got to see her was when he died. That's... It's crazy. Absolutely unbelievable. The entire hour and 30 minutes of that finale episode is arguably one of the best cinematic experiences we've had in recent years of anime. Unbelievable. And it sucks to see that so many people want to use it just to have a hot take. Oh, the ending sucked. Aaron should have won. How he couldn't win. Do you understand? Aaron Yeager had the ability to do every single outcome. Do you know he even tried to save Sasha? Do you know how hard it was for him to not save Sasha? Do you know how hard it was for Aaron Yeager to send a Titan on his own mother and the younger him watch it happen without even knowing why? Watching his second father figure getting eaten by the same Titan? Dog. I will say this. I don't believe... And in the ending credits, when we saw the whole depiction of what happens after Aaron Yeager 
finally croaks, right? And Mikasa takes his head back to paradise, buries it under the tree. This Gene Casa theory, we're going to address this real quick right now, okay? Everybody who's pushing this Gene Casa, can you all just shut up, like, just for a second? Can you all just, like, take a step back and just chill? Because let me tell you right now, I'm going to believe this till I die. And I'm going to take this with me to the grave when I'm buried next to Aaron and Mikasa, when I have my white dress on and my red scarf and I have my flowers, the national flowers. Mikasa never loved anybody after Aaron. I don't care what any of you say. Mikasa literally carried his head back to bury him, was sitting there crying with her, his scarf around her. And fucking Aaron came back as a bird and was like, picked up her scarf and was like, bitch, you go with anybody else. I'm shitting on you and flies away. Aaron literally broke through time to come back as a bird for a moment to tell her, stop it. She wore an Aaron Yeager chastity belt to her death. I don't care what anybody says. I'm not going to believe that crap. I'm not going to see little pixel people at his grave and make assumptions. We know what happened, okay? That was a promise ring on her finger to Aaron Yeager. There was no Jean Casa. She was pure till she died. She was buried next to him, and they're infinite of glory of life after life. They got reborn as Darling in the Franks hero in uh, 002. I don't care what any of you say. <laughs> you can make up your own assumptions. You guys can all make up your own depiction of what you think happened. Mikasa stayed pure. I don't care. I'm going to be ignorantly bliss in this. Because there is no way in hell my boy Aaron went through all of that just for her to end it with Gene. I will not accept it, even if it did happen. <laughs> that bird thing killed me, by the way. I love the fact Aaron comes back as a bird. He's like, hey, you know what we call this bird? Shout out to my boy who told me this in the Twitch channel. I'm a Jaegerist. What's up? <laughs> it's true, though. I loved the ending sequence where they showed you after Paradise became a future society, futuristic, and they still got bombarded by an entire different army outside of the world, continuing war, destruction of humanity, the entirety of nature overtook Paradise again, and we saw a kid and his dog walking through Paradise Rubble, coming across the tree that looks like it had an opening, just like Ymir did. Crazy. History repeats. Humanity is a slave to itself. That is why this ending is so beautifully done. Now, I do have some vices with some of the ending things, and let me cook for at least a moment or two. Thank you. I believe Reiner should have died. It's been a week. We've all seen the ending now, and if you haven't seen it by now, I've given you enough time. If you're watching this, you're ready for the breakdown. Reiner should have died, okay? I love the fact that we got our pleasure of seeing Zeke by Levi. I get it. Short King stand up. I understand. Zeke had that. He had it coming. I understand it. I'm not against it. Zeke had his shining moment where he was sitting there playing in the sand, building sand castles in that freaking, the founding tree spot with Ymir. And then Armin comes in there and he's like, just throw the ball. Just throw the ball. And he's like, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, if you guys remember when Zeke comes back with all the other passing of Titans and they all help the actual, uh, the entirety of them fight Aaron Yeager, there was a scene when you see with all of them that there was a dog and a person. Looked a lot like the last two characters we saw in those credits. That could have been the future Titans as well. Just saying, you know how they're all connected. That's a theory. I didn't like how Reiner survived. I honestly was very upset Reiner survived because... 
He was somebody who so many people connected with because especially when he went back home and he saw at Marley everything that was happening and he had his kind of like identity crisis. He broke down because he betrayed Aaron, everybody on Paradise, his own people, etc. I know people just wanted to see him get a win. I wanted to see him croak like Zeke. I'm going to be honest with you. It didn't feel good to see that. I don't like how they gave him the honor, the homage of saying he was a scout. It just it didn't sit right with me. But I understand why. I still think he should have he croaked, honestly. I'm just saying, Reiner, it kind of is a little sus that he survived out of all of it. And they just wanted to give you, like, I know if I really sat down and I really talked to Isayama, I know he would say this. We had to find little wins. I get it, okay? Reiner going home, escaping the Titan power because Ymir ended it because Mikasa killed Eren. The same thing that she couldn't do, so she understood through Mikasa. That's why everything happened. I get it. Sees his mom. They reconnect. I'm fine with it. Still should have croaked. You know what I'm saying? Also, this might upset some people, especially Shell on the Twitch side. How is Levi still alive? We couldn't have done one more or at least two more at the end? Really? I understand the whole thing with Levi, him showing himself going through everything, lost an eye, his fingers. Guy was literally on death's door, right? They wanted to keep him alive to have that goodbye scene with the scouts. I know they wanted to. And again, I get it. But I really think they should have played the emotional attributes a little bit longer at the end there. Just a little bit, a little bit more with Levi. Just let the short king go in peace. He should have said goodbye there and just drifted off. I think that would have been poetic. Honestly. Because everything else was done sensationally. I'm telling you, having everybody turn in because of that prehistoric... You know, so that thing that looked like a centipede that was crawling on the ground? Do you know that's an actual prehistoric type of insect? Well done by Yusuyama, tying in a freaking like Mesozoic error bug into this whole thing. But the fact of the matter is when they turned everybody into Titans, that was one of the most altering mindsets I could have expected. I did not expect that to happen where everybody turned into a Titan. Kind of cool that they all, you know, lived because of what happened with Mikasa and Eren, etc, etc. I still think that was insane. So again, like the only two vices I had was I think Levi should have croaked after seeing the scouts. And I think like Reiner, we gave him a little too much love. The guy did some bad shit, you know, like that's okay. All in all, I will say personally, especially with the finale and everything that portrayed itself within the end of Attack on Titan, it's a 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10 show, 10 out of 10 ending. And I can argue right now with all of you here, Aaron Yeager is the greatest written anime character we've seen to date. Do you know want to know why? I have written down a plethora of reasons why. Aaron Yeager is to this day, to this day, right here and right now, Aaron Yeager is the only protagonist gone antagonist and actually definitively fits both descriptions. He is the only character. Don't bring up Lelouch from Code Geass. That's completely different. Lelouch never detorted from his vision. Lelouch always wanted to save the world. And he did so by creating an enemy called Zero Nero whatever and using that as an entity for the world to come together to be as one, right? Completely different. Completely different. That whole scene, too, where he uses, you know, his sister that goes, Everybody who's Japanese, could you? I know that scene. Wasn't planned. Wasn't trying to. Completely different from the rumbling. But I understand the comparisons and contractual obligations from using Lelouch to Aaron Yeager. But Lelouch is nowhere on that level. Lelouch did not have to go through everything Aaron Yeager had to go through. And he is still only a protagonist. 
Aaron Yeager is the only character in history of anime viewership that is truly a protagonist turned antagonist. Unbelievable. The fluidity and the contraceptual notion of dividing both of those entities and conjoining them into one type of, I guess you could say, new type of character is brilliant. Isayama knocked it out of the park with that. And I am still so let down that all of us as anime fans, during the 2022 Anime Crunchyroll Awards ceremony, when they had both Aaron Yeager as the antagonist of the year and protagonist of the year, we flopped the ball. We all did not vote for him on both. We only made him the protagonist because everybody and their mom is sitting there with the Bible and going, can't you read the definition? It's only a protagonist. You can't be an antagonist and a protagonist. Yes, you can. He did it. Grow, expand, remove the sense of what your definition limitation is. Let's continue. Did you know that Aaron Yeager achieved all of his goals? Can we talk about this? My original thought was, when I saw the finale, Aaron Yeager did everything for nothing. That was my original thought. But after a week of digesting, taking time to look back at every single situation, Aaron Yeager not only put himself in, but went back through time because of the founding, the founding Titan power and the path tree, everything else. Do you know that Aaron Yeager accomplished everything he wished to happen? And I'll tell you all of them right now. Aaron Yeager started the rumbling to become the enemy of the world so his friends could band together with every enemy in the world to become one unit to fight and subscede. Yo, Orlon! Oh my god, Orlon is just dropping gifted subs for everybody on the Twitch side. Shoutouts to Orlon, you beautiful man, you. Congratulations, oh, Orlon, dog, take the crown, dude. Shoutouts to you for the 10 gifted subs, my guy. You're unbelievable. Thank you so much. Aaron Yeager literally created the rumbling and became the enemy of the world so his friends could become the heroes. Think about how crazy that is. Aaron Yeager also... <laughs> he made it so that when he started the rumbling, he set up everything so that Mikasa could be the one to end him, and in doing so, fulfill the undying love that Ymir constantly held on to for the king that berated her. If it wasn't for Aaron Yeager setting up the rumbling, if it wasn't for Aaron Yeager conducting the rumbling, if it wasn't for Aaron Yeager pushing everything forward to where we ended up, everybody close to him would have died, they would have all been the enemy of the world, and also, they would have died in 13 years because they would have all suffered from the Titan curse. Wow. That's unbelievable. How about the fact he made it so that they could all live to an old age? All of them. By creating enough time period and separation to give them that space they needed. How insane is that? How about the fact he knew, he knew, he absolutely knew that the world is unsavable. He knew it. So in knowing so that he knew it could never be saved, he made it so it was just long enough for his friends to live out their life. How insane is that? No matter what outcome Aaron Yeager saw and actually decided to act upon, it would have all ended their lives somehow substantially if he didn't die to Mikasa's hand. What? 
That's the reason he got Ymir to work with him. That's the reason why she gave up on Zeke and committed to Aaron. He knew what she needed. He knew that she was connected to Mikasa because of the love even he couldn't understand. How unbelievable is that? It blows my mind. Any other timeline Aaron Yeager put them on, they were all dead. Any of it. It doesn't matter what timeline you go to. They would have all died. That's unbelievable to me. Aaron sacrificed his own mother so that Berthold could get the Colossal Titan to eventually give it to Armin. What? Y'all, I'm telling you again. You think some of your favorite characters like Light Yagami, L, Lelouch, Code Geass, whoever. You want to say like these characters are some of the most big brain characters you've ever seen? My guy literally sacrificed his mother so his friend could get a power over 10 years later. 20 years. That's what? And make his younger self watch it. Dog, how crazy is that? How about the fact Aaron needed and didn't even care about anything? How about the fact Aaron Yeager was so determined in his selfish ways? This is why he turned into an antagonist. He totally said, F everybody else. I don't care about anything. I'm going to follow my selfish needs and wants and sacrifice almost the entire world, depending how long it takes them to stop me, to save the people I love. How far would you go? How much could you sacrifice for what you love? My boy, Code Geass, Lelouch, he had a little sister fetish, right? A guy did a lot for his little sister. Aaron Yeager, unmatched, dude. Unmatched. Un uh, it's honestly a soliloquy. He witnessed the death of his own mother. He was forced to eat his own father. He then witnessed the death of all of the friends he built around him, becoming a scout. He then betrayed, was betrayed by the people he thought he was the closest with. With Berthold and also Reiner. How about the fact he witnessed the second death of his father figure to the same Titan who ate his mother? How about we go now? He saw so many terrible things that he was going to do in the future when he kissed you-know-who's hand and saw everything portrayed in front of him. He had to live multiple years knowing that and never breaking his persona so nobody knew what was going to happen. How about the fact that he partied with so many people that he knew he was going to massacre when he was over there in Marley? Do you understand how incredible this character is? I still have more. How about the fact that he watched one of his best friends die because he did everything he possibly could to save her, but she was the only person that he couldn't save? How insane is it to know he tried everything he could and still had to watch her die? How about the fact we continue? How about the fact he pushed away his two closest friends so he could save them both. Because if he didn't get them away from him, they would have ended up dying because of him. How about the fact he destroyed 80% of the human race by stomping on them with the rumbling so he could create heroes out of the people he loved the most? How about the fact he made his own mom get eaten by a titan? Can we really talk about this? My boy Aaron Yeager killed his own mother, dude. Oh my God. 
How about the fact he was so intellectually designed with every step he was taking within the founding power, uh, the founding power of the Titan and using the pass to make it to where Ymir would be able to release everybody from the Titan power. Do you know how big brain that is that he literally outmatched the woman that was controlling everything? Wow. How about the fact he never had a proper childhood? Can we talk about that? My boy never even had a chance to live. <sighs> How about the fact that the love of his life is the last person he saw within his life? And how about that person who's the last person he saw, which was the love of his life, was the one who ended his life? How about the fact he had to hold in his entire feelings for her throughout the entire show? And the one moment we all saw together when he asked Mikasa, what do you see me as? She folded. Uh, family! I'm going to say this as many times as I can. As simple as I can. And as deliberate as I can. Aaron Yeager has sacrificed more than anybody should ever have to. Aaron Yeager took on the responsibility of the entire world when he never was asked to. Aaron Yeager was thrown into the pits of hell because he had nothing else he could do. Could you sit there and watch your entire civilization, your whole people, be euthanized? Could you sit there and watch every single person you love most in life die? Aaron Yeager, and I mean this the most wholehearted way I can say this, Aaron Yeager did something nobody could do. Aaron Yeager literally had to play God. That's how insane this was. And he even admitted it when he was sitting there with Armin in the puddles of the blood of the millions of people left billions because of their wake. Unbelievable. I didn't want any other ending after I saw that. When I saw everything play out the way it did and I was able to sit down and digest every single situation that happened... I truly was so distraught, I thought it was for nothing. And then you go back and look at every single situation, everything that was done, and everything that was so fine-tuned in the spiderweb of fate itself. Aaron Yeager did it all. The only regret he'll ever have is the fact he couldn't save Sasha. Wow. Also, stop hating on Gabby. Can we really talk about this one real quick too, as a subtle detour here? How do you feel comfortable hating on a child who was brainwashed into believing she was the reason everybody was suffering and was thrown into a military structured society, almost like camps of not good places where their people were kept. And then she was only made to believe if she did the thing she was forced to do, she could save her family and friends by sacrificing herself and becoming a Titan and dying after 13 years. So in doing so, she thought she was doing it to protect her people. She was watching her entire country burn around her, getting destroyed by Aaron, right? So how is it that when she positioned herself into a place which was one of the most incredible shocks any of us saw in Attack on Titan? I know we like to talk about when our guy charged into his death with Zeke and the speech he had. I know people still talk about that to this day. Do you know how shocked people were when we saw what Gabby did to Sasha? Can we really just pause for a sec? The fact of the matter is, you can't blame Sasha. She is a part of the war that destroys all of us. I don't know if you've ever seen pictures of people from World War II, 
But I'm telling you right now, when they show the pictures of these 17, 16-year-old kids going and they come back as 18, 19-year-olds, they look like they're 70 because of what it does to your humanity as a person. It's disgusting that I heard so many people talk death about Gabby. This, she's terrible. I know it's a two-dimensional character. Chill your tits. I'm just saying as a portrayal of the character herself, how do you feel good about yourself hating on somebody who had no other choice or knowledge of what they were doing? Do you hate on a, a fish that can't climb a tree? Are you that person? Do you sit in the pond, put a tree in the pond, and stare at that goldfish like, you stupid fish, how come you can't climb the tree? What? I am just utterly distraught at the fact there were so many people hating on so many characters that didn't deserve the hate. And then the ones who did, like Reiner, people started loving him in the end? Y'all on your bullshit right now, is all I'm going to say. How could anybody sit there and watch Reiner get a win and feel good about it? What? I don't know how else to say this, okay? All of us in here tonight who are in this channel, who are with me, listening, everybody who's talking in the Twitch side, the Discord side, anybody who's on TikTok, if you can sit here and tell me you didn't like the ending because of your own biased agenda or persona of ways you like your shows, I completely can understand that. But to berate a show and say the ending is either unjustified, stupid, dumb, didn't make sense, had no purpose, you're upset because Aaron Yeager didn't win, you think it was a dumb ending and Isuyama took the, the Game of Thrones route? Okay, pause. Game of Thrones wishes it ended like Attack on Titan. Do you know how good Game of Thrones would have been if Jon Snow didn't fumble like people wanted Aaron to do and Jon Snow committed to the bit, sold in to the Dragon Queen, became a king and queen with her and burned the entire world and committed the rumbling in Game of Thrones? Do you know how great of an ending that would have been to that series? But guess what we got? The Disney ending. Jon Snow can't be with his cousin or his aunt. That's nasty. No, the king and queen Xerxes or whatever her name is, she'll die in her brother lover's arms in the bottom of a castle. What? And then the kid who, you know, he can't walk, he'll become the next king of the world. Okay. Oh. Anybody who says they don't like the Attack on Titan ending, I bet you liked Game of Thrones ending. I'm just going to say it. It's unbelievable to me that I'm going to have to sit here till my dying day and literally have to defend Attack on Titan. How crazy does that sound? That a show that has one of the most well-recognized in the entire world who came to a completion and ended in such a disastrous, painful way, which we all said it too, it sucked to watch. But it's what we deserved as people. I don't care what anybody says. To date, Aaron Yeager is the greatest written character I've watched. I don't care what any of you say. You cannot change my mind. I, it's, it's impossible. I don't care who you bring up. I don't care who you say. I don't care if you want to throw Lelouch out. Lelouch wishes he was on Aaron Yeager's level. Do you know why? Because he would have accomplished everything and saved even more people. He wouldn't have had a slip up like he did if he was on Aaron Yeager's ability. Remember that? Little slip up he had? The fact is, again, the character who is designed like Aaron Yeager and who had to commit something no mortal person should ever have. 
Can you imagine doing all of that and still keeping your humanity and that childness inside of you and breaking down to your best friend the last time you'll ever talk to him again, sitting in a puddle of blood, guts, brains, teeth, hair, crying that you'll never be with the people you love, no one will ever understand why you did what you did, and no one will ever admire or accept you outside of that little circle of people you had. Because guess what? How many people visited Aaron's grave? A handful of people. Only the people who knew what he did. That's unbelievable to me. I've said it once and I'll say it again. Isayama. Who would have thought that a show you didn't even expect to get as crazy as it did, that you had, as we talked about in the beginning here, no expectations of even carrying it as far as you did. You never even had a rumbling vision in your mind. You simply had an ending like the movie The Mist, where this, this balagan of people, Aaron, Armin, Mikasa, Levi, everybody got together, got circled by everybody, and then just went off to themselves because there was no safe future in sight. But because the show got so popular, you capitalized on the moment in the most respectable ways possible and made an ending that utterly shocked societies and cultures and generations for endless amount of time to come. Until we understand the most simplest of fucking lessons here. Stop being stupid. Stop hating people just to hate people. Stop listening to what everybody tells you about everybody until you get to know them yourselves. Dog, I saw everybody on Paradise Island. Kind of crazy how when Ryanair and Berthold all went to Paradise Island, they kind of didn't want to do what they were doing either. Kind of crazy, isn't it? All the lies and the, the crap you've been fed your whole time. God, dude. My heart hurts. My heart literally was hurting so much, I didn't have it in me to talk about this show for a week. I still haven't posted anything on TikTok because it's, it's just so much. It's such an insanely incredible story. And I mean it when I say it again. Anybody who doesn't understand the purpose of this show, I really urge you to watch it with an open mind. Put your bias to the side and truly put yourself in Aaron Yeager's position and ask yourself, what would you do? I know we have the terminology in a lot of religious standpoints. What would Jesus do? What would Aaron Yeager do? Okay. And that kid, oh man, dude. Oh God. The fact he was so cold when he was still doing the rumbling, I couldn't watch that scene where the baby was getting passed around from person to person. I couldn't watch it. If you go back to the Twitch side where I'm, I'm on Twitch right now as well, if you guys go back to the Twitch side and actually watch my live stream that we did last weekend, I didn't know how to handle what I was watching. You, it, it's, it's physically incapable of digesting that type of an insight. It's honestly, it's like putting every spice known to man in a curry and trying to really digest the taste you're engulfing. Holy moly, man. I never want another type of ending. I, I pray to God, and I think this is going to happen, everybody. I pray to God we don't get any more Attack on Titan. I pray to God we don't get the Baruto effect. I don't want the next generation. I don't want 2,000 years in the future. I don't want this new kid, his new generation. I don't want anything else. Do not destroy what you've done. 
Isuyama, if you're listening to me, wherever you're at, do not destroy what you just completed. Do not touch this. Do not redo this. Do not remake this. Give this the Neon Genesis treatment, but don't destroy it like they did. Don't give me any movies. Don't compliment anybody. I'm glad you didn't do what I said. I'm happy there was no anime-only ending. I'm so grateful we kept it how it was, and it distraught the entire anime community. It brought us to tears, man. Go find me another freaking show that has this many people that created content of them actually bawling their eyes out watching the end of this show. You will not find one. I don't care what anybody says. Fuck, man. Oh, God. That was rough. That was rough. I'll say this, and I mean this supremely, in the best context of every confident notion I can actually make. This show is going to be forever one of the greatest shows ever made. And you know what sucks is the fact there were people who just say shit to say shit, especially here on TikTok. They were trying to say, oh, they're milking the product. Milking? Sorry, do you know what milking is? Kind of crazy. I feel like a couple years ago, something happened that shut down the world and cut it literally just redistorted the entirety of how we produce even content anymore. We watched at the beginning of this podcast, Mikasa's voice actress recording the final lines when she has to say goodbye to Aaron after she kisses him that one time, still spread out, still wearing masks, not a lot of people in the studio. Do you know how hard it is for them to create content now? Do you know that Attack on Titan would have been done years ago if it wasn't for how the world changed? There is no milking. Take your time. Why is it that people, those same people, and I know this for a fact, the same people who were saying Attack on Titan milked their product are the same ones that are now be here with Oda the Goda with the, the new manga chapter that's incomplete. Oh no, take your time. That's okay. Take your time. It's okay. We don't need it. No, it's okay. Really? Do we just pick lanes? Stop being biased, okay? This was so sensational. It had nothing but its great focal point. The fact we were on this ride for so long... I challenge all of you, whenever you get a moment of time, go back and rewatch the entirety of Attack on Titan from start to finish. The only thing that will stand out if you really are being critical and you're trying to watch the entirety of the story for what it is, is just that CGI a little bit in the beginning when they change studios. That's the only thing that stands out. Other than that, they fixed it and nipped it in the butt real quick. That's the only thing that stands out. And if that's the only thing... Kind of crazy how another show that's getting a lot of pub right now and is doing extremely well, and I'm talking about seasons on seasons on seasons, uh, their first season, which was a Netflix exclusive that had no real love and actually had so much crappy CGI in it, I couldn't believe it actually kept going. Baki. Y'all watch Baki? Go back and watch the first season of Baki and tell me how hideous that last ending sequence of fight was with the general in the amusement park. Disgusting. But guess what? It's even better now. Stop hating to hate. Stop looking for reasons to be upset. Stop telling yourself you know it better than anybody else, because I don't. I envision things that I hope to come to truth. I watch shows for the director's mindset and to enjoy the product they show us and try to understand the message behind it. Isuyama, shout outs to you. You have created one of the legacies of anime shows and one of the, if not the, greatest written anime character of Aaron Yeager, the only known protagonist antagonist to date that sacrificed humanity itself for the people he loved. And then even though he did that, she still went and became Jean Casa. Crazy. Oh, man. It's hard for me to really sit here and to justify that you can't look at Aaron Yeager outside of just sympathy, remorse, love, 
and just wholehearted, just, oh God, man. I'm telling you right now, I don't care what anybody says. Ain't no way anybody would have been able to do what Aaron Yeager does. Nope. Yeager's till I die. Man, what a show. So now remember this, as we close up this podcast tonight and we shut all this down, just remember this, right? It's okay to have a set standard of what you look for in anime viewership. It's okay. You should have a standard. There's a reason why I love bad anime shows. Do you know why? It lets me know there's good anime shows. If I don't have the bad, we'll never know the good. If you're rich your entire life, you don't know what it's like to be poor. If you've never struggled, you don't know what it is to succeed if you've never failed. It's the same thing with Attack on Titan. This show is a predecessor for greatness, and anybody who watches it and understands what the show is trying to tell you, you have just elevated your insight of creativity and have just stamped yourself with a higher, actually, persona of what you view as greatness in animes. It has leveled up your viewership. You are now an even more critiqued person in what you look for in animes, and that says an effing lot, dude. Well done. Again, congratulations to the entire cast, the voice cast of Attack on Titan. Shoutouts to Isayama again. I couldn't have picked a better dude to have a show blow up. I, I could not have picked a better dude. Like, it's insane to see that he stuck to his guns and said, we can't have a Disney ending. Because guess what? Life isn't like Disney. Shoutouts to him, man. Oh, my God. Woo! That was rough. Absolutely rough. And I loved every second of it. God, man. Oh, if you're listening to the podcast right now, just remember every single Sunday we go live at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time and we record a live new show for all of you to enjoy. We watch a brand new anime, all of us together. Like tonight, we watched Be the Beginning, a Netflix exclusive that so many people have overlooked. Every single week, I'm going to give you guys another show that nobody is talking about. Kind of crazy how we had that one show from the Fate series a lot of people didn't know about, about Lord El Meliodas. That's actually a really good show show too so i hope everybody's okay <laughs> if you're listening to this i hope somehow you found a way to move forward and just trust me when i say this give it time if you need more time before you can watch anime again take your time if you need more time till you can invest into another show like you did with attack on titan take your time enjoy this moment really bask in this moment yo welcome oh orlan orlan with the five gifted subs dude calm down orlan 10 gifted subs tonight you're an absolute goat dude thank you so much take the crown orlan it is yours you are the man take your time guys do not rush it do not move through this any faster than you need to embrace every moment because attack on titan is a once in a life show and i'm so glad to say i existed within this moment because gosh almighty I hope all of you are ready. The next 10 years of anime is going to get wild. Like, it's going to get wild, man. I'm so excited. So thank you guys so much. Thank you for being here, and thank you for being with me for the entirety of this Attack on Titan breakdown, because I truly know when I say this, we'll never get something like that again, at least for a while. Man. Thank you for always being here and supporting the show. Thank you for following on all social media sites. Thank you for listening to the show. Thank you for being here for the live show. Shouts to everybody on TikTok. Shouts to everybody on Twitch tonight. You guys are an absolute insane family. If you ever miss a podcast or you guys want my entire breakdown, it's easy. Click the link in my bio. You guys can listen to the podcast on any single site. It's great driving. <laughs> listen, it's great working out stuff because I get people pretty hot. People have told me. And also, it's great just to insightfulize yourself 
yourself and to get more intricate and insightful within the anime world because Senpai knows best. <laughs> Expect some more greatness next week. I'm so glad you guys are all here, and I'll make sure to talk to you guys on the other side. Anime Senpai, out. <laughs> Gambare, gambare, se, hey, gambare, gambare, se, hey, gambare, gambare, se.